everyone. Welcome to the grand opening of Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg, where we embrace newcomers and experts alike to crypto, NFTs, and Web3 with everything you need to know to succeed in the space. Each week, I'm going to focus on one of my favorite people or projects in the NFT, crypto, and metaverse space, so you won't want to miss this big pot of crypto coffee and NFT. Since this is the first episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about myself and how I got excited about Web3. I have a very unique career background. I spent a decade on the forefront of Web 2.0 in Silicon Valley, working alongside my brother at Facebook. After a decade, though, the artist spirit in my soul called to me, and I left Silicon Valley to go perform on Broadway in the 80s rock musical Rock of Ages. People thought that was an insane thing to do. Uh, and then I spent about the next 10 years of my career being split between these two worlds and feeling like I was always a little too artsy for the tech community and always a little too techy for the arts community. And then suddenly, a lot came NFTs and Web3, and suddenly there was this perfect world where tech and the arts went so naturally together, and artists had the opportunity to go directly to their customers. And uh, all of a sudden, it felt like this split identity that I had had for decades suddenly made sense. I also saw as I dove deeper into Web3 and the NFT space, what a huge opportunity there is for women in the space. Traditional venture capital, only about 2% goes to women, and mostly we're talking about white women when we say that. But here in Web3, anyone can go live with art, with crypto, with a token, go direct to their community and their customers. So ladies, if you're listening, the old system, it's not working for us. We have nothing to lose. And with Web3, one thing I'm so passionate about is making sure that this next iteration of the internet and all of these innovations that we're seeing do not leave us behind again. So I've become a major NFT collector myself. My collection is almost entirely women-led and women-founded NFT projects. Through that, I started advising a lot of companies, so I sort of became mama bear to a lot of NFT collections in the space. And most recently, even I went down the rabbit hole so far that I even launched my own venture in Web3 called Hug, where we have a, an accelerator called Group Hug that NFT collections can go through to learn more about the business side of Web3 and go on a growth journey. Um, and we just launched because I'm a cheesy person and I love puns. We launched Hedgehog, which is our very early stage program for uh, NFT collections that are going through the mint process. Now, all right, so that's enough about me. You're not here for me. You're here for my amazing guests. And I feel so lucky. The kind of guests that you're going to hear on this show are people that I am following in Web3, people who I think are most interesting, who are on the cutting edge of just really breaking so much ground in this space. So before I introduce my first guest, here's what we're going to learn and cover on today's episode. We're going to learn where NFTs are going this year, so what you should be focused on. We're going to talk about what does it mean for an NFT to have utility. I think a lot of us, when we think about NFTs, we think about 
art and JPEGs, and we feel skeptical. Why would someone pay a lot of money for that? But this guest is at the forefront of utility for NFTs. And finally, I want to focus on building communities around crypto. Uh, my first guest has built one of the most passionate communities in the Web3 space, and we're going to hear a little bit of his secrets there. So with that, I am delighted to introduce the incredible first guest of my first podcast episode, Chris Cantino, Web3 enthusiast, entrepreneur, partner at Color Capital, an investor across consumer, crypto, commerce, you name it, and founder of Club CPG, a networking and mentorship community for people interested in the intersection of crypto and consumer. Chris, thank you so much for joining. Hi, Randy. It's so good to be here, and I'm honored to be your first guest. I, I couldn't imagine anyone else I'd rather chat with on the first episode. And uh, thanks for, for letting me tell a little bit of my own story before introducing you, even though I'm uh, you're, you are very much the main event here. Um, so maybe you could tell us a little bit of your background. Who is Chris Cantino and what, what was your aha moment of Web3? Well, I guess it goes back to me being a lifelong creator and artist. You know, I've always been in the arts, much like you, you know, kind of felt too arty for the tech people and too techy for the art people. Um, so, you know, I was a musician, I was a concert promoter, I was a, you know, a writer, uh, sort of just like a creative tourist in a lot of ways, um, but cut my teeth in art as like a bass player that wasn't like really good. <laughs> but I, I, what I was actually pretty good at was managing the band, you know, and like making the merch and setting up the website and doing the tours and all that stuff. Um, later in my life, I got to put those skills to work um, with building a business with my uh, my wife, Jamie Schmidt. So in 2010, we launched a company, Schmidt Naturals, and grew that, bootstrapped it over seven years. We sold it to Unilever. Um, along the way, we saw a lot of barriers to, you know, success for businesses and uh, just problematic, you know, systems that didn't like, you know, promote equality or like achieve great outcomes for people. So um, we started Color Capital, our fund, to combat that, um, investing in a lot of consumer brands, helping them reach the masses. Um, and as we kept investing in consumer brands, we just kind of kept gravitating towards the edges of commerce where, you know, the e-commerce platforms that were doing the most social commerce and live streaming and all that exciting stuff, um, you know, and along came NFTs and Web3. Um, and what really just blew my mind was seeing artists globally, you know, 24-7 making millions of dollars on this incredible generative art that they had made. So it was just combining sort of all of the art and creativity, all the business, everything that I'd learned and like put together through different applications over here and just put it all into this one big soup. And that's, mm -hmm. that's been the beautiful part of it for me. It's so awesome. Okay. What's the first NFT that you purchased? I think it was a Treeverse land NFT. Mm. And then, and then I think on one day I bought a Treeverse land NFT, a Solana <laughs> degenerate ape and Shortly after that, it was board apes and crypto punks. It's awesome. You have you have quite the collection of of amazing NFTs. Okay, so what was the moment that you're like, all right, 
where when did the light bulb go off for Club CPG? Yeah, I just man, it's so cool to see like the applications of NFTs that build communities, you know, in a, in a less speculative way. I think the critique of NFTs being, you know, just a place to spend and lose your money and, you know, why are people buying pictures of these JPEGs of apes or whatever is totally fair and valid. Like, and I love the art just as much as anybody else, but I think you could do so much more, right? So we we figured, we, we have like domain authority, Jamie and, and I, we've been building these businesses for years, consumer brands investing in them. We learned a lot and that sort of gave us permission to build a community around NFTs that would um, help people learn in that space, right? So we imagine crypto package goods as a really tight community, starting with about 50 mentors. And we give all of those mentors a pass to enter like a token gated telegram chat, which is basically, you know, uh, just a group chat where you need an NFT to enter the group. Um, And then we also gave those mentors a free set of passes that they could give to mentees of their choice. Um, so through that, you know, they sort of naturally seeded the community in a really beautiful way. We got a huge diversity of uh, skill sets and backgrounds and um, all people just sort of exploring this new world of NFTs and consumer businesses and that sort of intersection of Web3 and, and consumer. I mean, it's so exciting what what you've built, and I I recently got to uh, join as a mentor also, and I have to say that the the chat is is so exciting. I I feel like sometimes if I go away for a meeting, like I've missed I've missed like everything that's going on in Web three. I, I come back right. and I'm like, no, I I have like so much FOMO from everything that I've missed in the chat. Um, and so I want to get into building community because I feel like um, you saw really early how to do this, how to build community. Like when you were doing your NFT gated group chat and all of these things and building your community slowly and thoughtfully, that's actually really different from what a lot of other people were doing where they were just like launching 10,000 NFTs and not really thinking who was going to buy them and be part of the community. So I'm just curious, like how are you able to see that so early and what advice would you give to other people who are building their community? I think the first thing is just knowing what makes you, you and can really differentiate you. Like we spent years developing, you know, the skills that allowed people to trust us, you know, to give our community a shot, right? Because they knew that people like Jamie and, you know, people like Randy are going to be in the group and they would love to go get their advice and to, you know, benefit from this like really rich community. Um, The the second thing is, I think just making sure that the incentives are aligned, not just for, you know, the experts and the pros or whatever, but for the, for the newcomers too, and making sure that everybody in the group is getting some kind of value. So you can do that by showing up every day with your skill set and, you know, helping people solve real problems, or you can help people create something brand new, like in club CPG, where, incubating new products and, and brands and NFTs and DAOs and all kinds of fun projects. That's sort of like the promise of it is not only do you get to have this great alpha community where you learn a lot, uh, but you can actually create something new, right? So maybe your token gives you access to friendship, but also you might just build like a killer startup. Um, so we have projects now that are being incubated that have tons of outside funding interest. We've got a new NFT project that we're launching 
We've got some community-based like talent pools where we're helping people get hired and jobs. We've got a deal flow channel where uh, millions of dollars have been made in you know startup investments in Web3. So there's a lot of exciting things that you could do when you start thinking about how the token unlocks not just uh, you know speculative value or like a floor price and something to make money off of one day, but something that you like once you're a part of it, you really want to participate in and show up every day. Totally. I'm part of the uh, No Boys Allowed subgroup, um, and I feel like we've already brainstormed 14 ideas for NFT collections in that CPG club group alone. So it's really, uh, it's it's so awesome and such a passionate community. Um, speaking of, of NFT, so that's a great example of an NFT that has utility. Who else do you think is doing it well? Like who else inspires you in the space when you think about um, people who are really at the cutting edge of what NFTs can do? I think what Gary is doing, Gary D is doing is interesting, you know, with uh, Flyfish and with his books and how those, uh, you know, tokens can give you access to more events and uh, other benefits and perks. So it's just sort of like another layer of utility on top of the token. Um, I'm really excited about what Meta Angels is building. Mm -hmm. I think that they have an opportunity to, to really build like almost like a scholar network and community. Um, they've done some really novel things by creating their own marketplaces and allowing borrowing of their NFTs, which is an incredibly novel use case that uh, is just emerging as well. Absolutely. And um, I think Hug is going to kill it. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> so thanks your to project. I mean, you can go in there. You guys can drop a token and that can be used to fund, you know, these great new businesses. Thank you. Well, and really, it's it's thanks to, you know, great mentors and friends like you that I have in the space and the collaborative spirit. Um, for anyone, if you know, for any yeah, beginners who are tuning into this podcast, maybe, uh, Chris, can you just give a little bit of a, um, a, an, an insight on who Gary is and Meta Angels and just go a little bit more uh, descriptive? Because this is, I really want this podcast to be accessible for all newcomers into crypto also. So uh, a little bit about who those people and communities are and why they excite you. Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk is sort of a legend in the consumer world. He was kind of one of the original live streamers. Uh, he launched a, a wine business on online in the 90s. So he was like very web zero, you know, and took totally. it all the way to web one, web two, web three. And he's just, you know, he's an iconic, inspirational figure. And he's been one of the leaders and been very unafraid of uh, to, to call NFTs as like the next big thing. I think he was doing this for a couple of years now and everyone told him he was crazy and here he is today as you know one of the top like most iconic people in the movement so got love for gary um and then meta angels is just one a very cool emerging project um and of which there are so many that i love and support um but it's probably one of the most inclusive nft communities it's based on some really exceptional artwork um that has just a really intriguing use of like colors and mediums and watercolor and uh, interesting things you just don't really see as artwork in this space. Um, but they've they've really built probably one of the tightest knit uh, Discord communities that, that I've seen in this space. Another another one that I'm really excited about is BFF. I know you're a part of it, yes. Randy. Um, and that was founded by Britt Morin and, and my wife, Jamie Schmidt, as well. Yeah. But that is like so much more than an NFT project. This is like, you know, a, a business that is going to bring crypto to the masses, right? Like their the goal, their stated goal is to um, increase access and help women get funded, educated, um, bonded in, in communities in Web3. 
So I think, I think we're going to see a big rise in NFT projects that have like a broader mission and, and utility and access to events and um, networks and sort of like one-to-one -one meetings with inspirational figures, you know, like the Jamies and Brits and, and Randy's of the world. Uh, absolutely. And honestly, you could not have like teed all of this up better because Jamie and Britt are going to be uh, guests, uh, some of my next guests on this podcast. Um, I'm so delighted about everything that BFF is doing to onboard more women as retail investors and newcomers into the space. And um, uh, I recently had Gary on my radio show also, and I'm a huge Meta Angels supporter. So I love how, how there's so much overlap here. Um, Chris, I'm wondering, like, how do you, I find that all I want to do is talk about NFTs and crypto all the time. Like, I, I feel like if I have, like, I go out with friends who are not in the space and they're like, Randy, you can only talk about crypto for like half of the dinner conversation. Like, how do, what do you, how do you balance your life and your enthusiasm and, um, and any people in your life who might not be leaning in as much? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? Personally, I just sort of let go. I'm just like, you know what? I'm I'm obsessed, and that and that's okay. <laughs> and I'm not gonna like try to like you know smooth rough 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 you know smooth out the edges. Like this is just me, and like I just want to spend all my time here, and, and that's great. And that of course it means taking time for yourself too, and uh, you know playing music or being with your family or going on a hike and doing all the, those kinds of things too. But um, I was originally like. I, it's funny because as much as enthusiastic as I am about stuff with my in my communities and on Twitter, um, I'm also kind of shy about it with my family. So I don't talk about it that much. But when I do, I've found like there actually is like a lot of receptiveness there and a lot of willingness to, to learn and just curiosity. So I, I'm really excited to like help educate people. And that's, that's really what my focus is, has been primarily on social is just to say like, these are the emerging use cases of NFTs and everything they could be just to help everybody sort of not tell people what, what's happening, but like let them be, be intrigued, let them come to their own conclusions um, versus just being like a pure maximalist. Because I think that there's a little bit of that in the space that goes too far and pushes people over the edge. Absolutely. Okay. And I've, I've seen actually in Web3, there are tons of um, husband-wife duos, spouses. So what what have you learned that you can share with others that works for starting a business with a spouse? It's sort of the same thing as the NFT thing is that like, you know, your work-life balance with a spouse is like a myth. Like you, like people say, <laughs> oh, at the dinner table, we don't talk about that. You're going to talk about it. Like, And sometimes, you know, it's going to be like you're not going to agree all the time and um, sometimes you're going to argue about it. And that's, that's okay. That's, I think the more that you accept that that's going to happen, the less sort of like resistance there is and you can get into more of like a flow state and you can be a little bit more honest and, and open with each other, which is great. And, you know, Jamie and I have, we are just sort of well suited for that. Like we've always worked together, like through Schmitz for seven years growing that business, driving, you know, our son to school every day, drinking our coffee together, going out, working out together. It's like, that's just kind of who we are. We are that simpatico couple. And so you have to be well suited for it. Um, but, you know, you've got to give each other space too. Like she's always let me be, you know, at the front of, of marketing or communications or whatever that passionate thing I have is like, she lets me be that um, and gives me the, you know, all the feedback that I need to be better at that too. So yeah, we have, we have a great communication style. And so because 
our skill sets actually do overlap a lot. I know that can be kind of like hard for couples when it's like this person's the finance person and this person's the brand person. It's more clear cut, but uh, we've learned that we have to actually be a little bit more collaborative. Well, it's, you guys are truly such an awesome power couple in the space. And I love that you said like the myth of like, we don't talk about this at the dinner table. Well, first of all, I feel like most people in Web3, like you're lucky if you even sit down at a table to have a meal. Like me, I mostly just like pick food off my toddler's plates or like like just run around and try to eat whenever I can. So, yeah. There's a temptation to just hustle and go, go, go in Web3, right? Because it's, like, it's almost like a land grab in a lot of ways when people are trying to become influencers or thought leaders would be the first NFT project to do this or that. And it's like, it. there's a lot of reward there, but the, the, the ugly side of it is that like you can really burn out. I see a lot of burnout in, in Web3. I think we're going to see a lot of that too over the next year or two as we have, you know, maybe ETH enters a bit of a bear market or we have, you know, conflicting chain use cases and people try to figure out where this market's going to settle out um, as a lot of people enter NFTs and inevitably get burned um it's not it's it'll be interesting to see like how uh, totally totally. i i see that too and i mean uh, you know, even reflecting back on experiences in Web 2.0, I feel like there was that same kind of gold rush at the beginning. And then so many people burnt out right before it got good. Like they just they they did all the tough part and then missed the great part. And I don't want that to happen for founders in, in Web 3. Um, Got to build something sustainable. That's what you were saying. Yeah. You know, you don't want to build something that like start small and then grow up from there. Don't go, maybe don't go for like a million dollars on day one, but like start with that small community of 50 people. You know, I always say like, if you want to build a community, just start with one person yep. and, and grow from there. And then, you know, you're just laddering up everything that you've done and showing examples of every past success to, to become like the organization that you eventually want to be. It's, it's There's such, no rush in Web3. Such great idea. Yes, we're all so early in the space. There, There is no rush. Okay, Chris, you, I mean, you're such a, an expert in NFTs. What, when, when you see a new project, a new collection, how do you evaluate it? What do you look for? What's going to make that project like a, a buy for you or what's going to make you pass? Well, first of all, I really... I do base a lot of things on my, my gut instinct and my um, just the vibe of, of the artwork, right? Like first and foremost, I, I do want it to be something I'm sort of proud for people to see in my wallet. And I think you want to kind of extrapolate that as, oh, Chris owns this alien with like rabbit ears. Like, what does that mean? Right. And so people start digging into that project and then what, what kind of things are coming out of that Twitter account or what kind of things are being said in the discord? If I go in there, is it just like a million messages of pure spam or is it like people actually learning, helping each other, supporting each other? Is there a culture there? You know, are there, are there memes? I think memes is like a, a great indicator that there's been sort of some sort of culture established within a community and like it's resilience. Um, and then of course, you know, I just the finances of the project, how many are in supply, how many are in circulation, like how many people are holding those? Are there just a bunch of whales that are dominating a project and one day they're going to want to sell off or is it like everybody that's in the project that just owns one or two of these tokens and that makes it a lot more resilient right so i think like the closer of like a holder ratio that you have the better indicator for the like the long term of the project and then of course just um, like we can talk a lot about 
utilities. So I just see utilities sort of like the cherry on top of everything. The, the, the additional incentive to stay, the additional incentive to buy, um, and that reason that you may not ever want to sell. For sure. All right. In our final minutes together, um, what what is uh, coming down the pipe that you're most excited about for Club CPG? For any of our newcomers who are listening, we talk about the phrase alpha, um, which is what we all look for for our favorite communities and projects. So uh, what's what's the CPG alpha for, for all of us? Well, we've talked a lot about how CPG started as a community of 250 people, right? It's really small. And those people have brought so much value, you know, incubating projects, um, showing up in the chat every day, learning a lot that, you know, there's been a floor as high as 27 ETH in Club CPG. And that was just like incredibly, you know, outpricing of people. We launched it at 0.2 ETH, which was about $700 at the time. But we have to acknowledge, like, there's no way that most people can't afford, like, a $75,000 token, right? So um, within the group, and this is pure alpha, because we have not talked about this at all, but we are incubating another tier of CPG that will be a much more affordable tier that's going to scale everything that we do um, to a huge new cohort of people that are going to now have access to all the same kind of features and benefits that uh, our current members have. It's that's amazing. It's so amazing to hear because I know, I mean, I've gotten so much value already in a short time out of the CPG community. And, um, you know, it's so exciting when you look and you see that it's 12 ETH or 15 ETH to buy in. Um, you know, that's that's like 40, 50, 60,000 dollars, depending on what Ethereum is trading at. Um, but I, I also wish that so many more people could get the value of that community that I've been seeing. So I'm delighted, Chris, to hear that you're doing that. All right, final question. You can, uh, when you log off, you're, you can go buy any three NFTs. What are they? What are you buying? <laughs> right now, I am a huge crypto punk fan. And I just have to advocate for that community because they are like the historic NFT. And that's why I, you know, that's why I bought a CryptoPunk because it's like the original Ethereum ERC721 contract NFT, or at least like the most popularized early one. Um, so I love that community. And the fact that they were bought by Yuga is really, I think, it's very exciting. Um, it's, it means that I'm going to have exposure to all kinds of different you skate like you the whole yuga <laughs> ecosystem um which is not necessarily why i bought my crypto pump but it's something that i think is really exciting to be on that journey um beyond that i would definitely check out bff which is the project that i'm most excited about beyond club cpg um, and where i'm spending a lot of my time supporting awesome i i completely agree with that and uh it, it's cool and uh, and Chris, I, I believe you have your crypto punk set as your as your profile picture. If people go find you on Twitter and, and want to connect with you there. Speaking of that, where can people go to connect with you and learn all about what you're building and what you're up to? Well, check out cryptopackagedgoods.com. That is the Club CPG website, um, and you can check out that handle on Twitter too. There's Club CPG, and there's me, Chris Cantino, on Twitter. Amazing. Chris, thank you so much. You were my very first podcast guest, and I can't uh, really thank you enough for just uh, how welcoming you've been to me in the Web3 space and what an incredible community you've built. So congratulations and thank you. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Randy. Looking forward to working together more. Awesome. Me too. 
All right. That was Chris Cantino, Web3 enthusiast, entrepreneur, partner at Color Capital. He's doing so many incredible things across consumer, crypto, commerce, marketplaces. So definitely keep an eye on everything that's happening at Club CPG. And you can find them at CryptoPackagedGoods.com. You can also follow Chris on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Cantino. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode, the grand opening of Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I am double fisting coffee over here. That is the kind of day that it is. Tune in next week with more great guests at the cutting edge of crypto, NFT, and Web3.